Welcome to the Instech London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, and I'm talking in this episode to Todd Russell, CEO of E2Value, who was visiting London recently. E2Value is one of the largest providers of building valuation data to the US market and has over 400 clients. Todd's company predates InsureTech by close to 20 years, and he has some useful insights into what is happening in the provision of building valuation and characteristic data to insurers in the US and in London. So E2Value, we outline data around a structure, whether it's a commercial structure, a residential structure, and with that data we help people put a value on that structure and how you can then set your premiums so to make sure you're getting the right rate for your exposure. We do a lot of work in the London market with companies that are in the U.S., North American, um, P&C has a, you know, a pretty big marketplace and wanted to hear their concerns and their ideas and what sort of messages they're receiving about what's happening in the states and how we could help them understand that data, use that data, and if we're even collecting the right data and what we might need to do to change that. You were talking earlier this, this week at an insurance conference, um, an InsureTech insurance conference, and I think people were quite surprised to see somebody talking at an InsureTech conference that both had, had clients and, uh, and revenue coming in. So, so what was your sort of reaction being in this world of InsureTech, which is you know, a, lot of, a lot of companies building similar types of, at least at the concept, we're trying to solve the same problems you're solving, you've been doing it for a few years. How does that fit with some of the new things out there? It's nice to have a comparison that, you know, we took this idea and we turned it into a business, which is not all that easy. And so when people see that, so it helps, I think, on one end to have a perspective that it can be done. And if you keep your focus, uh, most of these ideas maybe will fall off, but a few of them are going to rise to the top. I mean, you haven't been standing still yourself. You, you started off with valuation data, but you've now discovered some new areas to take that data for and, and find some new applications for the insurance industry. Just mention a couple of a couple of the new concepts you have coming out. Well, the idea when we started was to help people, to, you know, rate the risk and define the risk. It really was driven to, to help a consumer on their journey. Um, insurance, I happen to believe a lot in insurance. And, you know, in the States at least for sure, no home would be sold, no car would be sold or driven without that insurance wrapped around it, without that, without that package. Um, but a lot of the ways the consumer is disconnected from that process. And the original intent, and it's taken 20 years for sort of the market to come back around to that, was to help that consumer understand what they need to protect and how they need to protect it and connect them with a, with a, a financial holding or a process that can help them protect that and so their their interests align around that uh, easily and quickly and I think we generationally uh, with the introduction introduction of the sm uh, uh, smartphone or the handheld world I think you know the, the consumer is really driving and dictating a lot of where things are going to take place in the future and so our process our data our information can help the old world of, you know, a piece of paper and underwriting and rate meet the new world of I want insurance today for my B&B, uh, you know, experience this weekend. And valuation data itself, presumably that's such a critical part of getting the insurance coverage right, but in the U.S., yeah, the state regulators who are very involved in all aspects of insurance, presumably they actually have got pretty strict rules about how valuations are derived. That's a great question. A lot of people do think that that is what happens. 
but it's actually uh, more of a laissez-faire, Wild West approach to it, and it's really rooted in the, in the existing law in the states, and that it's more of a buyer beware. And since the consumer has 100% control from the standpoint of they can choose the policy, they can choose the carrier, they can choose deductibles, um, the courts have looked to them to say, well, you should be able to choose the coverage amount, and you should have the input because you have that control of that, and legally, most folks lose uh, when they say, well, you t the carrier set my value at whatever number. And then you're in California, you have a wildfire, it turns out that number was half of what you needed. There aren't a lot of recourses for the consumer in that process. On the other side, uh, carriers are smart enough to realize they can't go around saying, you know, too bad, um, and have a good reputation and reputationally be able to convert consumers if you're back into that smart uh, phone world. And so they're paying attention to it to try to help it from the other side too. Uh, but the regulating side is not not going to be an avenue of how to fix that. It's certainly the whole concept of getting better data and in, into London itself is a key part of people making better underwriting decisions and pricing better. And um, and you had uh, over 30 people in your workshop yesterday uh, from, from Lois uh, talking about, about that. So clearly it is a big issue. But what kind of differences are you seeing when you talk to the carriers over in in London, uh, how they think about data versus some of your clients in the U.S.? I think the U.S. clients, um, they're closer to the data. They live in the data world because they probably own a home, they probably have a tax bill, they've probably seen, you know, the buy and sell websites. So they understand that there's data readily available about a home, about a structure, about a commercial building. And um, I'm not sure they have to be convinced that the data is there. Um, where here I got a little bit of a sense that I had to be convinced that the data was there um, and that the data is reliable. So when someone says I have a two-story colonial with three bedrooms and two bathrooms, I think the, the London market, at least in my perception of the meeting, was there's a lot of skepticism that, of that data and mostly because the, you know, they're at the end, I call it the telephone game, they're at the end of the, of the chain. And so there are three or four parties removed, and three or four parties have said that data is wrong. And it's in their self-interest to say that data is wrong sometimes. And so someone in London is like, well, who do I believe? <clears throat> Excuse me, a person that's telling me the data is wrong, or do I believe this data set? Where in the States, they tend to gravitate towards the data set, and they're not three or four people removed from the process. So in that, in that meeting, we, we, got a look, we got into you know, is the data reliable? What data can you rely on? And then within those data sets, from the London perspective, at least as I interpreted it, they wanted to get an idea of what four, what four or five points or what 12 points should we be standardized into our, into our process. And there's discussion of how to standardize that list and make sure everybody's working off the same list. And in the short tech space, number of companies <coughs> using drones, using satellites to or get more detailed information about both uh, homeowners and commercial buildings. Do you, do you see that as a threat for what you're doing with E2 Value? Absolutely not. No, I, I, we, you know, all that data uh, that's being gathered, that's being processed and pushed through there, we happen to use data from, um, you know, tax databases and um, multiple listing services where that data is available. Um, but it's, we don't, you know, our living isn't in the data. Our living is what we do with that data, how we interpret that data through our, um, through our process to give it a standardized, consistent approach. 
And so the difference between a satellite and a drone gathering data to us is, is no different. It's just the, the ability to standardize and make that uh, data useful and to interpret it back to what, what it represents is this is replacement cost. On the other side, when you have a picture of the home from a drone and you can see the roof and you can see the siding, it, it removes that doubt about the data. So I think it, on top of it not being a threat, I think it's helpful to us because you know, we said it was wood siding, and there's a picture of the wood siding. We said it was a, a clay tile roof, and there's a picture of the clay tile roof. So it helps people feel that the data is correct. Any of the, any of the sort of drone companies or satellite imagery companies that you you uh, you like to look at? We've worked closely with Betterview as, as one of the drone companies. Um, I've spent some time with uh, Loveland Innovations. There's a company called Kespri. So there's a lot of different companies. I don't want to exclude anybody from that group. I've happened to work and m met with those companies. I think Cape Analytics is doing a pretty good job as far as the, and I think they're more in the satellite world, uh, bringing in the, the data and process. Um, uh, I did meet here, which I want to give a, a prop to uh, Forbes McKenzie. I think it was McKenzie Information Service. And that was a phenomenal view of what, what people can do with it with the satellite imagery, the technology, and the process of how you can really enhance that. And again, at the end of the day, all of that is terrific information and, and useful information, but it doesn't get you to the next step of a rate or a value to then set your rate with. Uh, but it's really amazing what those what that technology can do, and I'm, I'm excited about where it's going and, and how easily it's going to be adopted and used. Yeah, and that collaboration between so what you're doing and what other organizations are doing in this insurtech space seems to be the more and more people looking at it rather than just looking at, it, looking at insurtech as disruption. Um, Todd, you came along to one of our uh, InsTech London events and you were in, uh, you were in Vegas for uh, insurance tech, uh, InsurTech Connect. It's kind of interested how you can compare and contrast the, uh, the two events. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're sitting across from me, Matthew, uh, but I really enjoyed the InsTech London event for two, two reasons. One, it's a compressed event and you can get a tremendous amount of information in a nice short time. Every, not everybody has a great deal of time. I love the venue. Um, I love the atmosphere of that process. And the information from the stage, from the presenters, uh, is, is interesting and it gives you open perspectives. You, you know, just in the one meeting I went to, I was amazed at the different perspectives of what people come up with. But the people in the audience, that's another great connection part. And I think you build a great atmosphere. And I want to mention, like, we went to an event last night, and I'm an, you know, an American in London. Sting wrote a, a song about a, an Englishman in New York, and I'm a New Yorker in, in London. And uh, uh, I walked into a venue because of Instech and because of, of your team, and I knew, you know, 20% of the people, this one venue, which is, which was, it was a great feeling and a good, good, you know, here I am way away from home and I had friends. Yeah, we should say thank you to, to Nibidea for, uh, it was neither coffee nor tea, I think, as in the Sting song, but that was more uh, wine tasting. But, but more yeah. <laughs> well, well, Todd, I don't want to hold you back from your, your plane there, you've got a flight to catch to get back home, but just finally, anybody that wants to learn more about E2 Value, how should they uh, find out about you? Well, the best thing is our website, e2value, www.e2value.com, and you can send us an email and find us there. We have information on LinkedIn. We have information, uh, I think we even have a, a Facebook page. I'm not sure people use Facebook anymore, uh, but Twitter as well. And you can see events, and they can always check out your blog and information from Instech and from, from uh, Matthew Grant. Good. Todd, thank you very much. Appreciate it.